Well, it's been a long time, Matt Ray. Now, it used to be you would travel to the States or internationally, and I would say, yeah. all right, we've got to have the debrief on the international travel, like what's <laughs> been going on there. And I, you know, you actually, just, just like me, you've picked up like traveling back to the States a few times here. And uh-huh. I, I guess I, in, in, in the, uh, what is it called, Oceana? Uh, like geography, you actually do international travel quite a lot in the same way. You don't that being, have a choice. <laughs> yeah. In the same way that being in quote unquote EMEA, I technically do international travel a lot, but right. you know, it's, it's not international travel as it were. So you are currently in Detroit for yes. KubeCon, the Kubernetes yeah. uh, convention. I, I said that Brandon accented there, which I'm I not sure it's the of. Kubernetes convention. CNCF wants you to, to, realize that there are 110 cncf projects i mean i mean all i'm saying is it's called <laughs> kubecon so well sure i, I don't know I, I mean i don't know if it's about kublacon or it's about kubernetes <laughs> but whatever that's fine <laughs> sure uh, i'll give you that so okay so there you are in sydney i mean uh-huh. i mean give, give us the tour you you hop into a, what, what are you what are you getting there? are you bicycling are you driving do you call an uber what do you do uh, to like all uber. all yeah. the way well okay uh, okay um so I was flying to Dallas. So unlike uh, the LA flights, all leave in the morning. Uh, the Dallas flight leaves at four in the four forty in the afternoon. So I oh choice. I, I Ubered over uh, about one o'clock, and uh, to make sure last time last time I flew uh, to LA, uh, I sat in security and uh, that line for two hours. The the, so, uh, the border patrol one or, or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. This time five minutes. So. I had plenty of time to. Okay, to I'm I'm, I'm going to interrupt you. Yeah. you. You don't have global entry. Uh, well, not not leaving Australia. And, oh, oh, I'm and sorry, I'm have... sorry. I thought I thought you said in L.A. You no, sat no, no, in no. Line. The, okay, that, okay. That, that that line was yeah, that line was reasonable. Was okay, okay. Minutes. Um, no, no, but just leaving Australia last time took two hours to clear. It was just a nut house. Uh, this time, no problems. So I had like you know two two and a half hours to kill in the lounge. Um, I don't have my old uh, American status anymore, so uh, mm-hmm. my credit card gave me some lounge access to a different lounge. But all right, okay, I nice. want to interrupt you again because <laughs> we're, we're... that's why these details are there because I know that's the that's the the character. Exactly, this is all very important, at least to me. I don't know if to our listeners, but so we're going back to Texas. I mean, not permanently, just for Christmas for about three weeks. Yes, and because we had let's say a little over half a million miles because we don't fly an American, right? And we're yeah, just yeah. like building up the miles. We're get, well, you know, I booked, I booked uh, our flights on American. And okay. uh, now I have lifetime gold status, which I oh, think... Oh, you cleared a million. Yes, but this was back before, as I think I've covered, for everyone who's listened to every single Software Defined Talk episode, <laughs> they probably will recall this. <laughs> I qualified for lifetime gold before they removed the credit card from EQS, uh, right? So nice. I got very lucky when I was at Red Monk. Uh, it, would be imp- it would be impossible for me to qualify for that now. But uh, so I'm gold and I'm going to have to like, I, ver- I think in Skipple, this means I can be in like priority lines, which yeah, yeah. if you're going through Skipple, you better have that or it's terrible, right? Sure. So I think we'll be cool there. However, this is what I want you to add some color to is on a one world flight, international Going into America, what 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 do I need to like think about? What's going on there, Matt? Uh, you're gonna need to have a higher status. Oh. Yeah, what, sorry. What well, do it I need? Get like, you anything? Yeah. I mean, it gets me priority line at least. Right? It, it, it'll do the priority line. For okay, you. that's fine. That's fine. That, but that's but no 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 not through immigration and security for boarding. Hmm. Which who who cares? Right. Yeah. Oh. Oh. For boarding, but but through security, because I think, anyways, I'll have to solve that. Yeah. I'll have to so figure security. This out. Security. You're gonna need. Um, you're gonna need Emerald. Huh. But that's in Australia. Well, the, that's one world. You know. All right. Yeah. All right. Okay. This so, is good so, because I'm gonna have to call up and verify this because this is not. This is not cool. I think. And, and, yeah. And I, I think. I think anymore. maybe if I have the master, the the executive Mastercard, I read that that gives me priority boarding and my first uh, checked bag for free, and oh, sure. I use yeah. that to pay for the little bit of fee of, of points uh, uh, buying. So I think maybe that will apply there. Okay. Well, good luck but, with that. Okay. Okay. I, this is good. This is what I'm looking for. Okay. <laughs> yes. So. Uh, you know, fast forward 16 and a half hours of, uh-huh. of uh, Sydney to Dallas, get off the plane, use my global entry. That's brilliant. I cut a huge line. 
um, you know, that, that, that had a ridiculously long wait. So, uh, Brandon, following your advice, I'll be getting the global entry on landing for my 19 year old. Nice. Yeah. Smart. Well, we'll get that when we visit the States in the U S in uh, December and, uh, grab my bag, uh, from, from, uh, the, the turn thing, dropped it off in the, uh, the transfers and went to, uh, um, DFW Terminal D. That's the nice mm-hmm. one, the international That's one. That's the good one. Yeah. Because I had five hours to kill until my flight, mm-hmm. uh, which proceeded to be delayed and delayed and delayed. Um, but I did have a different lounge access in Dallas, but I could only use it three hours before my flight. So I, you know, I killed some time uh, around DFW. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, and, you know, I had, uh, uh, to, to, to quote my, my um, taxi driver in, in Sydney once, um, American uh, airport lounges are like bus terminals. So he was a little right. It's, it's not exactly Qantas first class lounge. Um, I had a fine dining experience of uh, uh, limp salad bar and uh, broccoli cheese uh, soup. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, you know, a little, little, uh, little uh, way to punch up that broccoli cheese soup. Uh, wasabi peas. Mm, good mm. stuff. Yeah, but, yeah, the uh, vegetarian options are uh, even worse. Uh, that's okay. They didn't have any meat options. You know, yeah, that was it. Yeah. It was that, and you know, uh, you know, peanuts. Um, so you know, I uh, killed killed that time. My flight finally left, and uh, I landed at Detroit at two a.m. local time, uh, only to find that my bag had not made the flight, uh-huh. and so I got to wait in line for another hour to tell them where to deliver my bag, and so I finally made it to my hotel at um 4 a.m and uh you know shout out to my uber driver uh easily doing 85 and a 60 the whole way it was uh exciting yeah i think he, yeah, i think good. he'd been out clubbing all night long and he was like you know oh i better i better pick up a ride to sober up <laughs> now now do you get the same do you get the same experience i do when i go back to the states where like normally as 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 you two know i don't want to talk with people right yeah but like i come back to the states and i'm like god damn it there's an american and I'm just like I, I just want to like talk to the Uber driver forever about anything. I'm all into it. I was I was just wasted after. I mean, four a.m. is like a whole other yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, yeah. And so I, you know, I, I get back to my hotel, uh, or to my hotel, check in, and I slept till about one thirty the next day. And mm, uh, good, good. And my bags finally showed up eleven p.m. So I was, I counted on the kindness of. Uh, well, I walked to a CVS and bought some socks and. Uh, uh, my, my coworkers, uh, we had, you know, booth shirts. So I got to get a clean shirt and some socks uh-huh, and, uh-huh. uh, you know, but my bag showed up last night. All's good again. And so, uh, KubeCon is a go. Yeah. You're, you're like, uh, you're living the dream there, Matt Ray. You are <laughs> the uh... dream. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I mean, I think the losing your luggage and having to use the, uh, the, the swag shirts and, you know, the the only thing that you could have like achieved better is uh, if you had gotten socks from a booth, and those are the well, socks yeah, yeah. I mean, the booths weren't open yet, so um, if if my back had not showed up at eleven p.m., you know, I I'd made kind of extensive plans with my coworkers. They 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 assured me that they had Kubernetes sweatpants um, at, at, <laughs> at a booth, so there might have been I. And then you know what we we're actually thinking is that it really makes sense if somebody. Somebody like next coupon, you know, feel free to take this for, for VMware, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. puts together the air, you know, airline lost your luggage swag pack and they're going to dress you head to tail NASCAR style. Ooh, I mean, I like you it. know, and, and like you will this. have the, the like. Tanzu logo, you know, plastering you and you just tell people like, oh, you lost your bags. Come to VMware and we'll hook you up, you know, and, you know, you, you, you want to have like some sweatpants or, you know, fairly loose stuff. So you can accommodate a lot of body sizes and shapes, but I'm telling you, that's a marketing opportunity because you know what, everyone, everyone is is going to pick that up on the the KubeCon hashtag and uh, share that one. And and I, I think you're like, right. What, I, I think you're right. What you'll say, like those people, you'll say, like, come in a little closer and tell me we got those again, and they'll, they'll talk to you and be like, ah, I can smell you've used that Tanzu toothpaste. <laughs> Oh, oh, so so American, you know, they, they gave me a, a, a toiletries pack. It mm, is yes. the lowest grade of everything I've ever had. <laughs> I mean, the deodorant was like this little thimble thing of deodorant. 
and that you like push with your thumb and then you're like oh this smells terrible and like the toothpaste was it's the stuff they give you on planes right with one of those toothbrushes and uh uh uh, this little tiny comb um it was just and then you know what are you gonna do yeah well, I'm I'm glad you showed up in Detroit. I, I hope things work out well. <laughs> yeah, so Coach, I think I can summarize all of Matt's advice for you. Like, you know what you need to bring on your trip with your family? You just need to bring a lot of patience. Yes. That that is uh I, I think maybe uh have you have you considered writing a, a sort of like self help book, Brandon? Because that <laughs> I, I think you could title your series A Lot of Patience. It it applies to uh uh personal investing, working with your family life improvement, digital transformation, all across the board. I, I, think, I think you have that covered. Well, uh, I think next week we'll, we'll go over the KubeCon stuff. Yes. Know? I mean, I, I just wanted the, the, uh, the arrival, the travel. You, you, we'll you just wanted the, the, the journey yeah, so far. You know, of course. You know, as, as everyone always says, Kubernetes is about the journey, not the destination. <laughs> and, and so I, I think... <laughs> We, we will we will t- we'll hear that next week how the destination was, uh, but meanwhile I think I think there's been some exciting stuff happening this week. One thing I am curious to hear y'all's take on because it, it's a you know very very popular thing. There there were a few people. Uh, it turns out that Twitter is employing 7,500 people, right? And yes. Before we launch into this topic, I'm also a person, so I get it, right? <laughs> like you, you don't you don't want to be uh, like. Um, thought of or commented on and treated of as a human resource because you got you got bills to pay shit to do right whatever and uh to that point i think there have been several people as always everyone's favorite dhh uh famous for ruby on rails most recently famous for the hey email app uh and uh apparently the hey people have decided one we, we don't necessarily need to talk about this, but we could, that they are going to move from uh, private cloud. And maybe these two things actually go together well. They have determined that they're going to move from private cloud. I mean, I'm sorry, from public cloud to private cloud because they were spending, I think he said, maybe half a million dollars yeah. on yeah, uh, public cloud stuff, mm-hmm. which is fine. And then meantime, he's like, I don't understand why uh, Twitter needs 7,500 people to run because basically, uh, as far as I, I'm, I'm, I'm mischaracterizing this, like, you know, no, all not. they do... You're All not, they do is, is they, they they basically have a uh, uh, a uh, you know a uh, less than signed form uh, you know greater than sign where you enter something in and click submit. So I'm not sure what they need 7,500 people for. And I, sure. I forget if he said how many hey has, but uh, <laughs> I, I think it was a lot less than 7,500 people. And my some people have replied to this and kind of like colored this. You know, over on the Dithering podcast, they talked about this a little bit. There was a little bit of a correction when those two were making fun of it. And I feel like maybe a lot of those 7,500 people are like trying really hard to make sure that the world doesn't burn down. Like, I don't know if they're outsourced. Like, I think Facebook, I forget, like maybe his outsourced moderation every now and then. Right, through contractors, but I feel like, yeah. Yeah, like I feel like if you're a Twitter... Maybe like the real number that the people who are criticizing this might be interested in, in is how many developers that you have, how many, let's say how many people in product that you have, developers, product managers, yeah. and then also for a SaaS company, although it's hilarious to think of Twitter as a SaaS company, it but is. whatever, <laughs> like, you know, you also need your operations people to run things. As you well know, Matt Ray, you've got to make sure that you're doing your capacity and your financial planning that you're not architecting things poorly. And then you also have to have your salespeople because you're in advertising. And I don't know. I mean, I I haven't made a spreadsheet. But if 7,500 people is the total amount of people that Twitter is operating with, I feel like that might be as lean as they can operate. (laughs) Like, that seems like a really small amount of people. Yeah, I mean, I I think there's there's quite a jump from, hey, (laughs) sorry, I can't do it like you. (laughs) Hey! 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 uh to to twitter uh and usage and obviously twitter has a moderation problem i mean it's possible dha just a little bitter they they stopped using ruby uh i'm just throwing that out there but um you know 7500 maybe it's a lot there but i'm sure if you broke it down it does make sense like how they got there right i think i think we have to step back from the whole thing and start from the very beginning premise here it's like okay Elon Musk is going to buy Twitter for uh, what you know for uh, 
what's I think most people say roughly twice for twice as much of, as what it's worth, right? Basically yeah. based on the stock, forty so billion like, or something like that. Okay, so th- I think you just have to start there and be like, okay, the new buyers buy basically paying two times what this company is worth. Now, what is the new buyer's goal? Like, are you trying to increase the value of the overall company? You know, essentially. And through that is there's only cost cutting will only get you to so much growth, right? So that would be one option, right? Or a classic private equity would be, hey, we really think you have a good thing going here, but we want as I've, you know, we talked about in the podcast, like let's remove the strategy tasks. Let's just do our core business well. And let's just, you know, become very profitable, but not worry about growth, right? Because I'll say like starting right from that very beginning, it's sort of like rarely is it a good idea to come in and radically reduce the workforce and it simultaneously try to grow the top line revenue? Uh-huh. Like yeah. yeah. Seems- in, fa- in fact, I, I want to suggest that that has never worked. I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure someone could come up with some place that did work. So, so I think that's like the first thing to think about is like, okay, what, like, I don't know what Elon, I don't know what he's thinking, but like, I just know that if I pay twice as much for something, like you got to really grow it, right. You're not going to just, or you have, or it is possible. You just have completely different motivations, right? You're just like, I want to own it. It's a vanity company I own. I like the influence of it. So you're getting, you know, value some other way. So I think that's the first part. And then, you know, it is funny. I always think like when, uh, you know, I guess DHH in general, it's like, you know, Everybody, I think, just assumes all the people that work at Twitter. It seems I don't know why people feel this way about Twitter. Like they feel like there's a combination of like they're both lazy and incompetent. No matter who <laughs> works there, right? Twitter is always because they read it on Twitter, <laughs> right? They're always kind of being like that group of people is always being kind of characterized as that, right? Because I think because they, they've never grown to the heights of Facebook. So like Facebook, if this number I'm looking at here is right, it has like fifty eight thousand employees, right? And it's like, yeah. while Facebook is a lot more valuable, I would argue sort of like they're kind of solving similar problems, like, you know, running these big social networks, moderation, trying to come up with new ideas and things like that. So, you know, if you look at it that way, you're like, wow, even though Twitter isn't as big, it still is a social network and it still has all the same problems. So going into that, it's like, I don't know. So that's why I think with DHH, people are just always like, I could run it for less. I'm like, I'm sure you could keep the servers on. And I'm sure you could probably run at least the core feature set for less people. But I don't know if that's like, you're not going to necessarily grow revenue. And then, of course, yeah. we've all worked at big companies. It's like what you would hope would happen is like, hey, when you reduce the headcount by 60%, you're getting rid of like 60% of the features and the other projects, right? Or, and, or but maybe we never see that happen, spam. right? So it's like, think of all the <laughs> stuff they've launched, like, Twitter spaces, Twitter blue, like there's all these other things. Like the only way it could possibly work is if you just start shuttering entire product lines, right? Features inside of it. Other, but like most of the time, and I, you know, I have firsthand experience. I think all, everyone listening to this does is like, usually it's like no one wants to get rid of anything because that creates, you know, uh, frustration for customers, right? Same thing with sales. Think about all the sales processes and reports and meetings that have to go on. And it's like, suddenly if you start taking all of that away, it's like, it really starts to create a company really, really fast. So I just think it's like very, like, I don't even want to say I'm defending Twitter, but I'm like, wow. Like, I just think there's a lot of complexity here that people are not thinking through. Absolutely. I mean, this is, this is classic, like software engineer reductionism of like, mm-hmm. they look at Twitter, all they see is the engineering and they're like, you know, that should, that should be more than a thousand people. And like, you know what? You're probably right. Operations and engineering, that's probably a, a, a right-sized number. Now tell me about your sales and content moderation. Oh, wait, hey, doesn't have that problem, right? I mean, that is, that is probably a, an outsized con, you know, component of Twitter uh, is like how to deal with all that other stuff that engineers and developers aren't seeing because they're not thinking like, oh, how do we pay for the bills? All they're thinking about is like, well you know, they're going to run it on Kubernetes and they're going to need this much, you know, they're going to use these algorithms and this and that and that. And it's like, actually, there's still a lot more to it. Yeah. I think this crowd should go like uh, dig around in Snowflake and see if they have, they're like, why do they need all these people that, you know, it's ridiculous. They, like, there's no reason to have all the, uh, this sort of like salespeople and marketing people to run things. They could just uh, t- do it self-service. Yeah. But then this brings me, I wanted your take on this specifically, Cote, the meta question here on DHH and maybe just the broad base camp, like, 
like it's just just a, a content strategy like all both these recent articles like they're just very clickbait they're very short they're just like you know like we can talk about the cloud one in a second it's like we're leaving the public cloud and like no other details of like what they're doing which would be interesting i'm actually really interested and same thing it's like we don't need uh, 7,500 people to run Twitter. That's crazy. It's 2,500. But it's like really, because like I think Basecamp, we don't have to relitigate it now. Like Basecamp running a much smaller company has had some serious HR, you know, for issues in the last year, right? And I'm talking like 100 people, right? And so it's like, and, I don't and, know. I just feel like, you know, They got rid of all their headcount and they're fine. <laughs> right. So, I mean, my point is, and this is my point, it's just like, I don't know. It's like, I guess, because I think he, I think DHA is a smart person, right? I mean, I'm not, you know, definitely, you know, they've thought through things and mm-hmm. good writers on, on other subjects, I'd say. But like here, this just feels like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Is it just to kind of, you know, keep your name in there? Is it just like, because I don't think like these don't like add any, like, like what's interesting would be like, here's what I would do, right? I could do it at 2,500 and I would do these things. I'm going to move to the public cloud and let me explain to you where we're going and why it's more cost effective. But like, it's not, it's just throwing, fl- listen, I'm all about throwing hot takes without uh, supporting them. You know, if that, if that's not what podcasting for, what is it? But I just think, I don't know. Is that just what, what they're doing here? There's no, there doesn't seem to be any meat to, to the bones here. So I don't know. Is this a good content strategy? For well, I, I, I well, here, here's my, here's my essay reply, Brandon. I, I think that we, we as uh, Java people, we we you know have a uh, we we have a bias against DHH because of Rails right like here here we are gliding along all happy with our EJVs well you, <laughs> what, what what I mean to say is we remember this part of history oh yeah so it's 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 kind of like in Faulty Towers where they're like don't talk about the war right <laughs> like and and so like like there's a whole there's multiple generations of people who don't remember the J2E versus Rails like situation. Right. And so like, whereas we do. Right. So instantly we're on that plane of thinking. Right. That like Ugh, these rails people. <laughs> right. And, and so like so we've got that going for us. So we've got a control for that bias. Right. And then and then the next thing is that um, I mean, obviously, I mean, we are of this ilk. You like to talk about things. Right. Like you, you want to like when it, whenever you come up with no, some new thing, like you're saying, Brandon, you want to have a hot take. You want to go over it. And I think that there is you're correct in that does I guess there could be an analysis where you look at the maybe you're using Snowflake and uh, you're looking at the hey user base and you realize that you have a huge proportion of people from the tech industry and therefore if you write about the tech industry, you're going to bring some incoming like customers to your your hey and uh, your base camp business, or some people or like us, like we're kind of falling into the totally, trap. Like, totally, we'll uh, we'll pick it up and we'll talk about right. it. Right, we'll and, and hey, so it gets and, out and a they, little bit more, right? They they got and and probably reinforcing that is I'm sure there was a lot of good account signups from the like the app store wants thirty percent of our take, and we think that's terrible, right? That they had right, yeah, mm-hmm. a couple years ago. So I mean, that is like that's legit. Right. So that that is a good a good way of going about things. Now, I think, however, what you're saying, Brandon, is that the interesting thing about that we're going private thing is the the half a million dollars in spend and that we believe we can make it less. Right. And it would be fascinating. And maybe this presentation is in the works. Who knows? Right. But like to kind of have like an overview of like what that means, how is that possible? Does this apply to you? Right. Like that would be totally fascinating. Right. So there's that. Uh, I don't know. I mean, let's check through the cloud one just because I I think that one's good. Okay. So one, one, he just says they're leaving the public cloud. And it's like, uh, like literally the first question to me is like, what, like, where are you going? What are you going to do? Like to me? And because I mean, I guess the logical extreme would be like, literally, they're going to acquire their own uh, real estate somewhere, build a data center, (laughs) create a cage. Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, because then uh, I think, Matt, I think maybe you put in the Slack or someone else did was like, okay, well, I think they're going to go to to manage bare metal. So I just was looking around. Um, I was like, well, maybe you go to like Linode. I just picking Linode because it's one I'm familiar with, but there's many of those. And it's like, well, that's like, okay, well, okay, that seems like logical to me, but that's still renting rent and then he goes on and think about like renting everything's renting service. computers yeah. and it's like well that's fine i mean there may be a, it, may, it may be a very good strategy for them to do it but like isn't that that's still just kind of renting a different set of computers and doing this because i just came back to myself surely dhh and i guess what jason freed right i just had this metaphor like surely they're not going to be sitting 
at the loading dock of their office, no. like literally taking delivery of the say the Dell servers, the yeah. racks. They're actually going to have and, the power and, come out, and the, they would need to do it globally too, right? right? And they're like, going to have mean, another person come out. Like I mean, because that's like the metaphor. You're left how with. global does it have to be? At well, I mean, I, sites, right? At least, yeah, yeah. at least two places. But I mean, but then again, it's like if you're spending five hundred thousand dollars, like I've already spent, like just what I just talked about. We haven't even like cooked anything up. We're well into a million dollars. You know what I mean? Wait, By the wait, time, wait, Brandon, I mean, don't forget about the salaries. Right. I mean, just like I'm, I've already spent a million dollars, and we we don't even, we just have boxes. We don't even yeah. have anything plugged in yet. So, which so, is why, yeah, that that's preposterous. They're going to yes. go for some sort of managed, you know, colo, you know. Yeah. Right, Hardware which is totally service. again. Maybe there's plenty of co-location stuff. Makes total but is sense it gonna to me. Save them, you know. But then in that same article, then he goes on to say he's like he doesn't want to live in like a world where like all the workloads are controlled by three providers. But I'm like, I don't know if you rent it from Rackspace or Linode, like, like is that better? Like, I I don't know. I didn't have a problem with the clouds, but it's like it's just renting a colo facility and then not necessarily buying the computers, but having someone else buy them and run them in a cage for you. Like, is this somehow made the internet more open? Like, I don't know. I just totally don't understand that point. Like, what is he talking about there? Yeah. yeah. Um, and, maybe, and, maybe, and, maybe, maybe it was just a bad sales meeting. And, <laughs> and, and like, you know, it, it's, uh, I mean, it could, it could be a gambit of, of just like, let's get some price reductions. Right. Because if you are, if you're the rep covering the, Hey, account, oh, I like right. It. And, and you see this post, you're like, I'm I'm Say, going up to the regional director. I'm going up to the country manager. I'm going to talk to the CEO. Right, this go. is a high profile thing. Like yeah. maybe we can get like a price cut. We got to do something here. We got to figure it out. And like and then I mean even to do the second dimensional chess, you're like oh, no. never mind that sales rep. How about the sales rep for Amazon and Azure or right. or whatever? No, right? no, no, for no, the, no. For the other it, two, we're, who we're are talking coming three D chess. The the guy from the sales rep from Oracle. Took the uh, there you go. Yes. Out to dinner and said, "Here's what you're gonna do." And he's like, "I mean, we run TikTok, so hey exactly. is no problem." Hey, exactly. So you get you get you get DHH to blow up. Uh-huh. See, that's the problem. He didn't name their current vendor. So what? 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 The, oh, he, know, he said he says is, they've is tried to blow up. You blow up on AWS, and you're like, mm-hmm. "These guys, I'm going back. To, I'm taking it back to the data center. I'm gonna, you know, we're gonna roll our own." And then in three months or so, you come back and you're like. Guys, I've seen the light. It's Oracle, and they, they you know, they've yeah. got you know no egress charges and you know blazing fast hardware. This is the future, and and you know what? Hey, probably gets the free hosting. Oracle gets another like you know logo, and they get a bad mouth story against AWS, and yeah. we'll talk about it for them. That now, is three D chess. Now, okay, okay. Here's my other scenario, and as 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 you know, I'm I uh, I'm confounded by internet technology, <laughs> but like maybe email is an easy workload. <laughs> yes. Right. Like 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 maybe you can actually like if if what you're talking about, I don't know how front end stuff works anymore, but basically, if if most UI development has moved to a thick GUI client model, whether it's in a browser or on your phone, so most of the compute, most of the stuff you would pay for is on the end user's device, right? So you don't have to pay for that. And then what you're paying for is sending email and I guess storing email and the processing power it takes to do spam processing, which you could maybe outsource to someone else, right? then basically all you're paying for is processing a bunch of text files based right. on the number of accounts that and you cloud have. cloud storage, right? S3 or something. Yeah, and, yeah. and then storage. So maybe actually an email business is hella cheap and you don't need like many resources for it. And so it actually does make sense. But I think this gets into... To, this to girl, not run in public cloud. Maybe they no. were using the cloud wrong and they <laughs> right. were trying to run their own... EC2 instances to run all that uh, stuff on top right. of okay, it. Okay, and okay, okay, okay. Okay. And manage yeah. their own storage. Like, I think that's the key thing, right? It's, and I think you're hitting on it, Cote. And I think this is where, because when you read it, it's like, hey, they just basically want to run bare metal. They don't want anything. So, like, so what I think the conversation both of you are leading into is like, it's sort of like, well, hey, let's take a look at your application, what you're doing, and maybe we can modernize that. But can you imagine being the person to walk in and be like, hey, DHH, Jason. I don't <laughs> hey. think you. I don't think you've architected this application correctly. Like, can you imagine? Like, can you imagine being the solution architect to well, go in you, you, with you, just you the should. guts to be like, 
I think you've done this wrong. I mean, right, you right. would be so blown out of the conference room. I mean, yeah. you'd get Ruby on Rails books thrown at you, convention over configuration lashings. I mean, they would destroy you, right? They'd send you their book rework. It would just be nothing but, <laughs> but okay. bloodletting. So, so, of course, if I'm there, of course, I'm like, I think you guys have done a great job. You know what we need to do? Let's just crank up the VMs a little bit higher. Let's just take it to 12. Let's, <laughs> let's get you the higher instances. Like, so, so, so you because- could never say that to them. You could, okay. everything you just said and I'll, I'll pause here it would just be like hey why don't you use something like s3 or cloud storage it could be cheaper they would destroy you i bet you they would just tell you about all the reasons it can't be done you'd be like sounds huh. sounds like you got it so because nobody was willing to have that challenger conversation about you know doing it right now that they think the whole concept is wrong all right, all right. Well, so, so, so it would be hard to go in there and be like, "You guys have it wrong." That would be a tough conversation to have. The oh. internet's full of people that are telling them they're doing it wrong. Okay, That's so, true. so, That's so, true. so to close this topic it. out, Matt Ray, you're in Detroit. They're in Chicago. I feel like this is very close. So you should go. You should arrange a meeting. Go over there before, on your way out to, over to Chicago and be hey. like, "Hey, hey, hey, hey." I, I am all about, I don't know if you saw that, uh, that platypus guy talking about how your architectures are driving up your costs. I want to come in here and talk about how maybe your architectures are driving up your costs and how, <laughs> how I, I have some YAML here that might be able to help you out. And, Would and you just like to see, buy some YAML? Yeah, just, <laughs> and see, just report back to us and see how that goes. And uh, like, I, I think maybe, maybe y'all could help them. That would be a great reference customer for y'all. Hey! Uh, that you could have on your uh, your web page there uh, would be great. Now, so I think we covered that pretty well. <laughs> uh, also, also in the news, uh, you know, it, it like it looks like uh, I, I read through. Now we talked about this last week, Brandon. Uh, how Google actually had a great summary of all the things announced. Announced. I think there was a blog post with 123 points. <laughs> and uh, for for the for the Tanzu Talk podcast that I do every week, more or less, where we also go over news, it's it's a, it's it's a, I think we've hit our stride there. If you go to TanzuTalk.com, you can subscribe to it, which you surely should do, and because uh, you can get even more of this kind of stuff, at li- but with less cursing and uh, two British people, which is fun <laughs> to listen to, uh, and me. Uh, however, I read through the uh, the Google stuff, and one I would like to uh, double underline what you were saying last week, Brandon, that I really appreciate the blog post that has the 123 sentences about what was released. <laughs> yeah. I enjoy that. And also, I, uh, there was another article about how, I think it was the, the executive about um, who covers the alliances or partnerships with uh, VMware. VMware. Yeah. And they said, this is just some triangulation. Now, as listeners will remember, the uh, y'all will remember, but the current CEO of AWS. I'm still confused about how a subsidiary has a CEO, but that's cool. No problem. Great. Uh, <laughs> like, like they they indicated that they believe that only 10 percent of the total workloads for public cloud were in public cloud currently, indicating and. It wasn't. It wasn't AWS's TAM. It was all public cloud. That's TAM. right, Adam Slutsky. Right? Okay, yep. okay. He's on CNBC yep. interview. We called it out. Yep. There you go. And and so what to to say that another way, ninety percent of all workloads in the uh, let's say terrestrial in the Earth. I don't know about satellite <laughs> orbit or the galaxy. Ninety percent of Earthbound workloads are uh, private cloud, basically. So uh, we have some triangulation here that this alliances person said that 90% of the workloads that they are overseeing are also on-premises. And this is 90% of VMware running workloads, which I think probably squares up pretty well with the uh, 90% of other workloads. So I think we, we need one more data point, <laughs> maybe from some IBM people. I think they would be the clincher. No, Azure would be the final one, right? Because mm. we've got a Google person. Okay, okay, and okay. we've got an AWS person. We need an Azure person to be like... And, you're, you're right, um, you're right. I, I, I was just thinking of like a different, you know, a totally different area where someone would be triangulating on that. But you're right. I think Azure, because you do want, you want the public cloud people to be talking about this, you know, what, what, what they're seeing. So sure. We need someone from Azure to come out and say that 90% of the workloads are private cloud. I don't know. I think we need we need two more people from the private okay. cloud I think industry. Oracle's, I think Oracle will Oracle would be good. chime in there. I think we've got Larry Ellison kind of not mm-hmm. with the exact mm-hmm. statistic, but close. And I'm sure we could yeah. get an IBM 
uh, I, I, I have no doubt we could get that there. So, but and, I do think and it is we'll funny know. how it is collectively like, oh, in the last year, I mean, if you kind of take this stuff literally, which of course no one should do, it's like, well, in the last year, we migrated 5% of the workloads over, right? Because, you know, everyone was saying like 95% or about mm-hmm. 5% of the workload. So it's just interesting. And I think what's happening, there's this human nature is like time has gone by. So everyone feels like there should have been progress. We all think in, you know, base 10, five, five is easy. And you're like, okay, well, probably another 5%. Like if you're at 95% before, now you're at 90. So it's just, it is kind of funny. Like there isn't really any, there's no real way to know what's going on, you know, the exact number. Um, But I think what is maybe the broad way to say it is like, yeah, lots more stuff that's in the cloud now that used to be, but we still see lots of workloads and primarily, and this is the point that, um, you know, it's kind of close to you, Cote, but it's like, this is the point everybody makes. And this is why, you know, the impending VMware acquisition or just VMware in general, like, you know, I don't know if it's 90%, but it's probably around 80% of the workloads that people want to move to the cloud are probably in VMware, right? And that's why right. VMware is this like engine of like, it's got all the workloads, it's got all the money, if you will. It's got, it's got all the future earnings are somehow inside the VMworld, VMware world today. And everybody just kind of keeps walking around looking at like, how do I get some of that? And and what we know from our previous conversation is in uh, in FY twenty four this is going to go up one percent because Hay is moving to on premise <laughs> right right the so five hundred thousand dollars they're spending at Hay yeah, um, is going to move be, over so just add it on up it tumped in there well I'll also related to that so like I I think this is going to be an ongoing thing for uh, software defined talk uh, FY twenty four uh, you know agenda OKRs we're going to pay attention to is the ninety percent. Uh, like uh, private cloud workloads. But I want to point out an article that I read uh, about the healthcare industry. There was actually a series by uh, this guy, Dr. Joel, or whatever. Um, and we'll have a link to it in the show notes at softwaredefinedtalk.com. And it's, it's a really good um, overview of what, to use my terminology, like what getting better at software and digitizing in, in, in an industry like looks like. Because he is like, you know, I don't know who this person is, but he says he's a doctor. So I trust that. And he clearly knows about the healthcare industry. And it's interesting to read through. It's kind of like a lot about what we talk about where there's a lot of interest in like, you know, shiny technologies like AI and ML stuff. And he just kind of goes through and is just sort of like, yeah, but, you know, maybe if like scheduling meetings was better, we could increase productivity by 20%. I mean, that's not exactly like the kind of stuff that he goes over, but it's a good reminder just as a uh, a pointer for people to read of there are many like uh, boring practical things to solve with uh, digitalizing, digitalizing. Is that the right phrase? Digitizing things uh, that, that could help things out quite a bit more. And I think healthcare is like a fascinating industry for that because it is very not digitized yet. And so you can go in there and find all sorts of things where you could find efficiencies. Like, I think I've said this before, like here in uh, the Netherlands, um, because we are not afraid of the government, like, you know, driving a tank up to our compound and lighting it on fire, like uh, they'll centralize databases. So like when I go to the doctor, I give them my name and like my date of birth and my street address. And they instantly know what insurance I have and everything's cool. Like I have to get glasses now. So I went to the Pearl Eye Vision place. I tell them what my street address address is, my name. It's all taken care of. They can look up what my insurance policy covers, like what I have to pay out of pocket. And right there, they can charge me for it. And that's all due to the fact that like I was joking when I was uh, our, our friend Andrew Schaefer was in town. I was joking with him that like. Man, I guess like 10 or 15 years ago, some like Oracle or IBM database rep came in here and like made their number for several <laughs> years. And just like, yes. yeah, let's stand up a rack. It'll work. But it's, it's wonderful, right? And so like I think it's a good like uh, – obviously, I'm not remembering exact examples uh, of what this guy was talking about. But it's fun to read through and see like how uh, it's pretty easy to go into an industry with like – a mixture of a programmer's mindset and also having like a business strategy mindset and just identify things that you could instantly, if you get over the culture, the people problem, just sort of like, you know, write an app. Lots of easy ways. Yeah, yeah. And the thing he talks about in their article, is kind of interesting because like all the hype is always around like uh, 
some type of artificial intelligence that like diagnoses you of like with some type of disease beforehand. And that's a great idea to think about. Obviously we'd all be for that, but like, you know, it's all point about like, you know, we spend a lot of money on electronic medical records, EMRs is what he talks yeah. about. And just like making that work better, like getting all the information to the right people and then, you know, not really replacing the doctors, but just making it real easy for them to like figure out what medications may help you and what medications may conflict and things like that. And it's like, so you kind of read through it. It's like, oh yeah, this could be pretty simple. It's just a lot simpler right? yeah. than it is like, oh, you have a doctor that's going to diagnose you of the most complicated you know, medical problems in the world. It's like, nah, don't worry about that so much. Can we just get this other stuff working? Yeah. It reminds me of, I don't know, some conversation I was having, I, I don't know, with some person at a big bank. And they were saying that they had taken like their Google photos app or, or they had taken their Google Photos app and like shown it to some business person. They were like, "Look, I can type into this uh, Google Photos app. Show me like the last meal I had with my son that was chicken." And it does a. Pr- I mean, that's kind of an absurd version, but it'll it'll do a pretty good job of bringing up a picture of that, right? And and it's sort of like, yeah. So why don't we have that? For example, like one of the other things I think he pointed out was that like, so if you get an X ray taken or whatever, like you can almost imagine as like a nerd, well, let's just upload all the x-ray scans to Google Photos and then train it to know cancer and then like go to the Google Photos search bar and search for cancer and like see who has like like what matches. And so, you know, it's almost like, I guess there must be a name for this, but it's sort of like there are a lot of like, pieces of software and analysis you can write that don't really replace people. They just like augment the work that they do and take care of the drudgery. And that seems like really boring, but probably (laughs) a lot more effective. And I mean, it's, it's almost like going back to like our, our uh, like software stuff, right? Like, I don't know. I mean that, that inspect stuff sounded cool, but also super boring, right? Just like, yeah, just like, uh, compliance. (laughs) Uh. <laughs> however however if you however, automate that and take care of it yeah. yes yes it, the it, alternative it, like, is not so good and yeah but th- that's that's one of the like definite things that people are are backing off of you know ai this ai for everything and and now they're starting to you know properly call it ml so um you know there's definitely a lot of like machine learning ops kind of stuff that's low-hanging fruit i mean you know why would I want to parse through logs manually? You know, that kind of things. Uh, why Why am I trying to figure out what needs to have compliance profiles applied to it? That should be, you know, scan all my infrastructure, tell me what I have, go to a, cat, you know, go and, and try to match everything within, you know, 95% accuracy, and then tell me, you know, how it looks. That's that's the kind of AI I want as an operator. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and also, like, it makes it apparent that, like... Uh... I don't know. I mean, I don't know how Australia is, but like, yeah, American healthcare. Oh, Australia is awesome. Computers. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Australia is the same way. Like, you know, you you go to your GP and they're like, well, I see, you know, you got an x-ray two months ago with a different practitioner, but that's cool. You know, it was over at the hospital. Uh, You know, we got all that stuff. And, you know, all that stuff is shared between them. And you're like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, 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 I know there's there's the there slowly there's like some open medical record stuff being rolled out in the states and it's almost like i mean i mean my dream for like the like like states type it's of just healthcare. like banking yeah I, I mean it would be nice <laughs> if i could say like you know g- g- give me that i mean by the time it happens it's probably a USB-C cable give me that USB-C cable and i'll plug it into my iphone and you can download my apple health information yeah right? and, and yeah. then you can also my, upload. you know and look my credit card has chip and pin now <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, so uh, speaking of digitizing everything, now, now I'm going to rely on you, Brandon, to to correct me here. But I, I quickly skimmed through the uh, the big earnings reports from the clouds and the tech companies, and it looked like things are okay. I mean, it sounds like, as always, you know, it's always a confusing time when you don't make, me, uh, meet expectations to like I don't know quadruple your growth quarter over quarter or whatever. But it it seems like people are doing all right. I, I don't know. What's the summary for, as far as yeah? So the summary would done? be Azure announced their uh, earnings. So it was thirty. Um, they grew thirty five percent in the quarter, which of course, like you know, in, independently would always be good. But that was compared with forty percent growth in last year. So kind of mm. down five percent. So 
some disappointment by the street. But I thought the other part that was interesting is uh, the quote here is uh, for the first time ever uh, revenue of uh, in the quarter for the Microsoft cloud metric encompassing Azure commercial office 365 uh, subscriptions, commercial parts of blah, 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 uh, reach 50%. So basically what I think is interesting there is it, it's kind of weird because they lump all these things together, but you know, you can basically say Azure is part of the segments that now grew over 50% of the total revenue. So if you think of mm. uh, Microsoft maybe being like a Windows company, if you think back to that, or Xbox and th- things like that, it's like, well, actually, you know, it grew over 50%. So so I guess it's one of those things that's like, we're seeing in the economy everywhere, you know, pretty much everybody believes we're headed for some type of recession and spending will be down. So the bad news is they didn't meet expectations, but the good news is this business still seems very solid, uh, even if it isn't growing as fast as people want it to. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess if we think of uh, cloud as the computers of the future, then uh, <laughs> pretty solid. Like the, 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 the they're not cloud. going anywhere. Yeah, and then just real quick, well, because uh, Google announced the same time. So again, Google was down mostly uh, through its advertising of its you know search engine and YouTube stuff. So I won't claim to know much about that. But Google Cloud brought in six point nine billion. So that's more than analysts expected. Um, and that's, you know, basically an increase from 5 billion of what they did the same time last year. So, you know, it's almost a $2 billion increase, at least in top line revenue. Bad news on the Google cloud side is that they still lost a lot of money. It looks like they lost, uh, 699 million, uh, versus 500 or 644 last year. So, you know, I know the Google thing is always like, we know they're investing, we know they're losing money and it's not a surprise there. Um, but you know, we always see these articles every time. Because again, it's always, you know, Cote, this is always your point. These companies are extremely profitable, right? So like it always goes back to they're making tons of money. But having said that, like we all know it's 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 about the uh, the story you tell going forward. So clearly That's there's right. some, lots of articles that have come out and talked about how Alphabet is like, you know, reconsidering all of its investments, whether it's YouTube, all of the things that it's doing. So I'm sure Google Cloud. They're not, they're, it's not YouTube. It's right. No, I'm know, just saying, it's like, the crazy things. It's, yeah, yeah. It's no, that's what, uh, yes, good, yeah, good point. Yeah. Point taken. I didn't mean to imply you to. I just meant well, like well, outside of uh, like, maybe Google search. Too much money? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. So Google search and YouTube make all the basically make yes. all the money. Everything They're else not turning up looked the money at. Fountain. They're right. looking at the people taking money. And so I don't know. I guess the thing we don't know about, and I think that would be interesting, is like what does the CFO's Google meeting like with Thomas Curion? Like, is he just like is that CFO person? Are they you know? mad are they happy with the investment like because i always think it's just it's got to be kind of awkward to be like well i just had uh susan wachowski in here and uh youtube is making billions of dollars and then you have the google search person in and be like yeah they're making like tens of billions of dollars and you're losing money like what like i don't know is it always is it always just kind of like that or is it no you're doing a great job keep it up what else do you need let me write you a bigger check like i don't know that that Um, is that that takes a lot of like mental fortitude to be on the the cfo side to be like i just talked with someone who made several million dollars by filling up their house with a bunch of soft tennis balls and jumping into it. And so that's one, <laughs> that's one type of business that I'm in. And then over here, they're, doing, uh, they're trying to detect if someone has cancer in their lungs. So I'm not really sure what to do about this. We're going like to have to go that, with the, the, the ball pit money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So, I don't, so to net it out is cloud earnings are disappointing. Company, businesses still look strong. And I'm sure there will be lots of, unfortunately yeah. for all of us, there will be lots of uh, CFO reviews over the next year where everything needs to be discussed. So yeah. I mean, I, mean bas- I think basically Google is the Shineheart wig company. <laughs> they, they, they have toasters and Tracy Morgan is, is their business. I thought we should take one detour because you brought it up. Like I did happen to run across it. Uh, Mr. Beast, I don't know, one of the largest YouTubers in the world, took on an investment of $150 million. They value his various businesses at $1.5 billion. So uh, for all of you, when your kids are watching Mr. Beast, just know that that person that's doing it has created you know an entity worth $1.5 billion. Yeah, I, I saw that he his uh, his YouTube thumbnail team is uh, six or seven people, which granted is still less than seven thousand five hundred people, <laughs> but is is a exactly. lot of people. I mean, I mean, you wow. know, if, wait if, till DHH he, starts watching some Mr. Beast. He yeah. is going to be very he's what? Gonna, yeah, you have a hundred like, people well, making videos. Why aren't you just like I could just make this on the side? I could just edit this in an hour. What are you doing? <laughs> he's going to be really upset when he learns about that one. Well, speaking of videos, 
there's several conferences coming up, all of them producing videos here and there. You could actually see the video in real life. And uh, I, I don't even know. Like, Does anyone know like what is real life vision? Is it beyond 4K? Is it less than 4K? <laughs> I think it's beyond. 12K? I, there, there, there must be some analysis of like if you were to do the resolution of a you know average human eye, wh- how many pixels that is. Probably and, depends uh, which pair of glasses I'm wearing. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, I didn't want to say normal human eye and get into that whole discussion. Just average, whatever. I don't know. My kids were complaining about about like you know a show that was was from back in the old broadcast TV days, and I was like, this looks great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, there are several conferences coming up, as always, until it happens. There is a Spring One platform coming up December 6th and 8th in San Francisco. It's going to be a great roundup of if you're doing Java development, software development, .NET, any type of development out there. Uh, it's going to be a, a wonderful chance to get to uh, talk with all sorts of people doing that with the projects that you love. We've got all sorts of operational things. If you're into the whole uh, you know, Kubernetes, platform engineering, whatever it is, devops sort of stuff, you're the operations people running uh, the stuff that your your applications run on, that'll apply. And then also, if you're more into what I'm into, which is management and executives trying to figure out how to transform their organization, you can check that out. But if you go to Spring1.io, uh, you can see all the sessions that we have. And if, when you register, you can use the code COTE200 to get, that's right, $200 off your registration. Ooh. And also, we have uh, all-day DevOps coming up. I think I noticed that I maybe spoke at their first conference, which was fun. I remember doing that. It was it's a fun idea to have like a uh, 24 hour uh, what's the phrase for that circle the sun no there's a follow yeah. the sun follow presentation the sun, sure. circling the sun sounds dangerous like some sort of uh, Star Trek <laughs> it's movie. like a planet or something yes and uh, hmm well well played there anyways <laughs> That's coming up on November 10th, which is very soon, so you should check that out. And then that conference uh, is going to be January 15th and 18th. I think you can actually like sign up uh, to attend now, if I remember. The, the uh, registration is open. And then there will be the Cloud Native Security Con in Seattle, February 1st and 2nd. All sorts of conferences. Of course, uh, the week after next, I will be in Barcelona at VMware Explore. Uh, doing uh, a presentation there and generally hanging out. If you haven't checked that out, just search for VMware Explore. Barcelona's a great town. Uh, you should come check that out if you haven't been there. Do we have any bureaucracy this episode, Brandon? We do. I want to thank, uh, I think it's, I'm going to do my best here, uh, Woj Tech in Poland. I'm not sure if that's right. But uh, anyway, he sent in an email and uh, wanted some stickers. So I sent him some stickers. He tells us the podcast uh, makes his pool training a lot more interesting. It looks like he's, uh, I don't know, he, he put in the number at the distance. So I think it's like three kilometers. So the podcast must be good for Oof. a three kilometer swim. That sounded pretty far though. I That's was like, far. I don't know. That's I was far, like, far, I was far. like, maybe he's listening to a couple episodes or maybe some more. I don't know. <laughs> he's working so, the backlog. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Good job by him. Good, good uh, amount of training. Also want to thank, uh, well, first, if you would like a sticker, all you have to do is send your postal address to stickers at softwaredefinedtalk.com. Happy to send you a sticker anywhere in the world. Also want to thank uh, three people. So BJ, Martin, and Tim, they all joined the Slack. I have successfully migrated the Slack sign-up process to something new. It's working perfectly. What could go wrong? So uh, they all joined up the Slack this week. So great to have some new members. If you'd like to join the Slack, it's pretty simple. Go to softwaredefinedtalk.com. SoftwareDefinedTalk.com. Just click on the Slack uh, link up there, and it's real easy to self-register, and it'll all work. So you can be in there. You can talk with all of us, see some of the topics that we're going to discuss, and there's plenty of off-topic conversation as well. So, Matt Ray, what do you have to recommend this episode? My recommendation this episode is a movie, uh, I think it came out in 2018, called Upgrade. Um, This is not a uh, highbrow movie, but it is a... uh, a very, very solid um, B-grade sci-fi movie. So um, I, I, I think looking at it, one of the writers might have been from Saw. So it's a little bit gory at times, but um, it's got a great sci-fi premise of, uh, uh, you know, I'm not going to spoil too much, but of a guy who um, uh, becomes a paraplegic and gets a, a AI chip in his spine that takes over his body. So mm. um, and vaguely, vaguely like Venom, you know, where, you know, he's got the super body that now can do things that he couldn't do before. Uh, but the sci-fi elements are really nice. Uh, some um, good, uh, you know, AI commentary and uh, 
Um, good, for pretty good special effects. I, I, I don't imagine it was a super high budget, but uh, and I, I like the ending. So um, uh, a solid movie, uh, especially recommended if you're taking a long plane flight. Now, I, I don't know if this was inspired by it, but, uh, you know, there's a new episode, new season of uh, She-Ra, Princess of Power out on Netflix. And oh. I noticed one of the princess's friends has some sort of device on the back of her neck that takes her over. And her, uh, her, her, her lady friend has to fight her because she's well, got the green eyes from Hordak. So, the, well, there, there you go. I mean, it, they did listen to upgrade TV series in pre-production. It's possible that might be She-Ra season two. I don't know. Mm. Well, yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> How about yourself, uh, Brandon? What do you have to recommend? Uh, one, I think I did see Upgrade, so I'd second that. I think solid popcorn movie. Like, good, just fun, yeah. fun uh, movie. It's good. Uh, this week, I'm going to recommend something that I think we talked. I don't know if we talked about in the show because I know it was in the Slack. So it was. Uh, it's I guess it's Dolly Two, which is the new if you know, form of generative AI, and it's out of. I don't know if it's out of beta, but you can basically anyone can sign up for it. What you can do is you basically put in some prompts and it will just create artwork for you, like basically photos. And so a couple episodes ago, I tried it out. I actually used it as the cover art for um, one of our episodes. And it's, it's pretty cool. I have to say it's one of those things where um, uh, you immediately get it. You don't have to really understand how it works, but just the idea of like, you've ever needed to use like clip art, you've looked for like stock photography or whatever. It's pretty cool. Cause you can just go in there, give it a bunch of prompts um, and then as it creates new stuff, you can kind of like, you know, refine it. And then sure enough, at the end of it, you get a photo that you can use maybe for a presentation, for podcast cover art or for whatever. And I think it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. And so I know Google and uh, Microsoft kind of outside the stuff we talk about, they both announced similar things. They're basically building on this idea as well. So I think very shortly here, they'll all have um, nice services that you can go out and just create a bunch of different images. Now, of course, it generates... Uh, a lot of conversation, a lot of potential problems like, you know, what about copyrighted work? It's analogous to uh, the GitHub Copilot. Um, what happens when you start to create, you know, pictures that maybe have hate speech in it? So there's a whole, you know, set of problems that are coming up there. And if you want to listen to um, some people talk about it, I, there's a link in here to one of the podcasts. It's Hard Fork. It's a new podcast. Uh, I think it's got a, a couple of people t- talking about it. So if you want to listen to kind of like, you know, a little bit about the overview of it, which will probably be kind of interesting. But more importantly, if you want to listen to kind of some of the dilemmas that it's proposing, you can listen to that as well. Having said all that, I think it's pretty cool. Like, you know, it's like, I guess like a lot of technology, it's like, well, it's here now. So it's like all the good and bad will show up. But uh, I thought it was pretty cool. So check out uh, Dolly if you want to create some uh, artwork for yourself. Yeah, I, I made one that was uh, uh, Nietzsche and Wayland Jennings reading a paper about cloud economics. And, and I think it, uh, it came out pretty well. Although I did say Nietzsche was the barista, and uh, he was just sitting there reading it with Leyland Jennings instead of making coffee. But what do you expect? <laughs> the, these things happen. Well, my recommendation is, uh, you know, I love a good uh, uh, diary, uh, kind of posthumous, or maybe even during humus. I'm not sure what the Latin for that is. But uh, there, there's one out from Alan Rickman, which people probably know as Snape, and also the guy in Die Hard, you know, the mm-hmm. enemy. And uh, I've been reading his diaries, and they're fun. They're just like, I mean, there's two things about them. One, it's always fun, like someone who writes, I think the last diaries I read that were like this were of, um, what's her name? Her last name is Brown. The, uh, the lady who was the New Yorker editor, and then like was the editor of the Tatler, like, uh, I can't remember her first name. Is it it's Tina? Tina Brown? Was yeah, name? yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so her, her diaries, fantastic of the 80s. In fact, I need to go check if she's got some other ones out. They were just so well done. Uh, and so his are like fun where like you read them and you're like, ah, oh, what a life that must be. You just like go out and meet some people and things like that. But then every now and then you come across a, uh, some writing that's just like a nice little poetic capture thing. Like uh, I think his last entry for, I forget what year it was, maybe 92, uh, at the, the last sentence I think says at the end of this year, the feeling is of being a silent sandwich filling. And I think, you know, we can all learn a lot from that. I think that is, uh, it's great, but you should check that out. It's called madly deeply. It's the diaries of Alan Rickman and, uh, they're a delight to read. Well, with that, speaking of things that are a delight, I'm sure it's been a delight to listen to us here at software defined talk. If you want to get the show notes for this episode, you can go to software defined talk.com slash three, eight, three. There's all sorts of things we didn't mention. You can join the Slack channel, like Brandon said, figure out how to get stickers, all manner of things. And uh, we always appreciate you listening. Enjoy the rest of your week. Bye-bye. Bye.
Okay, it's working. It says we're okay. You know, when in doubt, restart the browser. I what what I read is that fifty five hundred Kelvin is like sunlight. Oh, here, let me hide this since it's work related. Uh, hold, sorry. There you go. See now, try. Better? Yeah, that's pretty good. That's, well, that, that's better. Now he looks kind of cool and pink. Try ten like percent, sa- like salmon. Ooh, too much. that's eight. Too much. Ooh, too much. go back. Oh, go back to Low. five. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. And then Six. you think and, like so. Then not so blue. Maybe like a little more. Do, do you have Do you have auto white balance turned on? What What are you doing for your white balance on there? the camera? On the camera. Yeah. Oh shit! I don't know. An hour. Now you just now you went too far. Now I have to like. <laughs> All right, so I need to work no, on this. No, wait, 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 wait. I've got a lamp. This is some pretty good streamer's delight that we had here. 